0: chapter 16, Daiva Asura Sampat Vibhag Yoga, Yoga of Divine and Devilish Qualities, or Estate, the Wealth. So, we have started learning Bhagavad Gita from Lord Krishna, where he first gave us the scenario of Arjuna that Arjuna is a broken down hero, the person who has all the strength, all the valor, all the training. To fight his situations, but under the burden of the circumstances he broke down and did not know what to do and what not to do. So Bhagwan told him that the only cure for your condition is to correct your understanding about what is right and what is wrong, what is permanent, what is impermanent. Since the second chapter he clearly says that your Mistake is that you are identifying with your limited self and looking at all the other people through their limited equipment. But they are imperishable when it comes to the soul. Their real being is imperishable, just as yours. So that was the correction Bhagavan wanted Arjuna to make. The identification from this limited to unlimited. In Bhagavad Gita, the journey is to change your identification from this limited being that I am to the unlimited soul that myself is. So everything we have discussed so far in Bhagavad Gita is towards that goal, towards that goal of changing my identification with the limited self to unlimited self. So entire Bhagavad Gita up to chapter 15, Is described the unlimited self and how to identify with that. And in chapter 16 now we are discussing what is that which is binding me to the limited self.
1: So as we have
0: discussed, the first three, three verses told us about the qualities of the divine being or the divine estate. As we transact in this world we are going to acquire wealth we also accumulate other wealth respect recognition appreciation and on the other side disgust criticism all that also we accumulate along with accumulating the wealth which is generally is our normal endeavor in life so these become our estate some are divine and some are devilish Something which are acquired is pure, and something which acquired is impure. So Bhagavan gave us the first uh, 26 qualities of the divine estate. And then in the fourth verse, he gave another six qualities of the devilish estate. So he said that divine is quite obvious. Most of us recognize divinity when we see it. And as we have discussed last time, it is easier for us to find divinity in us. But my mind to detect good quality in me is easy, very difficult for my mind to detect the negative tendencies in me. But it is very easy for my mind to see negative tendencies in others. Very clear, that person is very hypocritical, well he is doing it for ego only. We can very clearly recognize it. But it is very difficult for us to recognize in ourselves so this chapter takes upon itself to describe in detail what would be the behavior of a person who is predominated by negative tendencies, which in this case we call asuric tendencies. So when we see this behavior in others, it is easier to detect. But when I do something similar, I consider that as well very, very minor. Or well, this is the way the life works. If I don't do it, then people will trample over me. I'll be a doormat. you know. So my behavior I can justify saying that's, that's how you survive in this world. But Bhagavan makes it very clear that if you detect this type of behavior, this behavior is very negative for your evolution, for your goal of liberation. So he said there are two types of estates. One helps you to liberate yourself from this limitation; other it will be binding you to this limitation. More you try to satisfy your desires to get happiness through the material goals, you will be more binding yourself to these limitations. Pravrttim, nivrttim cha janana vidhu asuraha. The first indication is that person does not know what to get engaged in. And what to stay away from. I do not know what to do and what not to do. Which is what the Arjuna situation was in the very first chapter. He did not know what is right for him. Bhagavan is not saying the Arjuna is Asura. But the behavior he he exhibited was clearly of asuric tendency. So something in him which was not allowing him to decide what is right and what is wrong. But once I know that that's a negative tendency, janaha, na viduhu asuraha. Those who have this predominant quality, they will not know what to do and what not to do. Na saucham, na api acharaha, na satyam teshu vidyate. They will not have purity, cleanliness. Also, na satyam teshu vidyate. They will not be able to tell the truth. And Swami explains here that it is not to put them down that Bhagavan is saying this. It's actually somewhat of a pity for them that they're incapable of doing so. They're incapable of living an honest life. They're incapable of telling the truth because they're so afraid that telling truth will put them in trouble. In our daily life, we call it white lie. Because, you know Telling truth is going to put me in trouble. How do I look? Well, you really don't want to say what you really think about. <laughs> so you say generally, oh, it looks good. So that basically is my incapacity to tell the truth. But Bhagwan said, these people, when look at overall life, they are just not capable of telling truth because of their desire to protect what they consider is giving them happiness. And then he continues. This statement relates to what we have learned so far in Bhagavad Gita. In Bhagavad Gita we have learned that the nature of the self is Sat, Chit and Ananda. That Sat is ever existing. We also learned that Sat, truth is something which is consistent in all three periods of time. In the past in the present and future. Something which was true in past has to be true today and will also be true tomorrow. So that is considered satya. But that which is not consistent, something which was true yesterday, which is not true today. So earth was flat. At some point it was true. Everybody agreed with each other Earth is flat, otherwise we will all fall down in the age of the earth. But now we know that that's not true. Earth is round, earth is not flat. So that was not true. Now what we know was true then, even though we did not know it, it is true today and will remain true tomorrow. So that's the truth. The people with ascetic tendencies, they think that this world is asat, in a sense, it is impermanent. It came in existence by chance and will, will perish. That means it's not permanent. Or, Pratish, it has no basis. It just by chance occurring, it happened. Te jagat ahuhu an And there is no controller. There is no central authority who governs the laws of nature. Their view is it all came about by an accident will remain in this situation for a while and will disappear. There is no basis for this world to exist. There is no fundamental substratum which supports this universe. Universe came in existence by accident will get destroyed by accident. Basically Te Jagat this is the world view from this materialistic view. When I try to analyze the truth in this nature through, through pure physical science only, then obviously the only thing I can find is these two came together by some accident. These elements came together by accident you know, and then it happened this. Then other things happened by accident and then this happened this. So starting from the Big Bang, we can say Big Bang occurred. Why it occurred? We don't know, but it's an accident. It occurred. And after that it started expanding and then hydrogen became helium. And all this is just an accident without any basis. So anishwaram, there is no controller who is controlling the laws of nature. Aparaha paraha sambhutam, by coming together two opposites. Kim anyat kama haitukam. So the progeny or the continuing of this life on this planet came out by just accident, by coming two together, and for the only purpose, fulfilling desire. There was no master plan, there is no underlying truth, there is no substratum, but it just saw chance occurring. This is the view of the materialistic, atheistic people, that they have no faith in any underlying reality for this world. Obviously, this is a direct criticism from the Gita Acharya, that these people are wrong. They are seeing this from a very narrow perspective because they are viewing this world from a very narrow perspective. So when I see my life as a living being and I just analyze from a... Chemical perspective, electrical perspective. This is just a pure machine. It came together, and it is pumping blood through the pumping action. And I can define everything in a mechanical term, in a physical term, in a chemical term. And say this is me. But what is it that keeping all the systems together? I really don't have an answer. Simply saying, it's just all working together. Physics came together, science came together. So basically, you can see this life either as something divine which is supporting it or simply say, this is all just chance occurring. There is a book I have read called Brief History of Almost Everything. It's a fantastic book. It explains right from the, from the Big Bang to where we are today in a very succinct manner. And his conclusion is that we as human beings existing on this planet is almost a chance that one in a million odds that happened thing. And it happened and it continued happening and we are still existing. But anything could have gone wrong and we wouldn't have been here. So basically you are saying that maybe it's just a chance that we have become who we are. So here Bhagavan saying that these people are looking at the world from a material perspective, analyzing what's happening from a material perspective, they're coming to the conclusion, it's just chance occurring. Why I am not tall enough, another guy is seven feet tall, is just a chance occurring. So Bhagavan said that, having such view, they're destroying their own self, because they're negating their own self. They're not even recognizing that there is an underlying reality called myself. alpa very narrow view. They have intellect, They are obviously analyzing, they are using all the uh, faculties to understand this world, but from a very narrow perspective. Alpabuddha, fools. It basically is a very narrow perspective. Prabhavanti ugra Karmanaha. shayaya jagato ahitaha. So their actions are very harsh because they are not recognizing the underlying unity of our things and beings. You can take example of vegetarianism. The one underlying theme of vegetarianism is that every life has a right to survive and live. So you have to inflict as little harm to a life to support yourself. But if I don't have that view, then obviously killing other animals will be justified. So Bhagwan said that because they have a narrow perspective, their actions are harsh. Kshayaya Jagato ahitaha. Because of the misunderstanding of how this universe works, they are the enemies of the world for its destruction. You can relate to our green movement about saving the planet. Now obviously there are a lot of people coming out say so saying, all these things are hoax. We really don't need to preserve anything. This planet will preserve itself. In fact, I just read that somebody that had written a book that actually the global warming will be very good for farming. There are more warmer weather and it will make people rich. So you can look at it from any perspective and the, your perspective will decide how you're going to act in this world. And Bhagavan said from a global perspective, these people are having a very narrow view with the harsh actions. They are the enemies of the world for its destruction. That unless they change their views, their actions will destroy this world. Kama Ashritya Duspuram dambha Manam Adan Vitaha mohad Gruhitva Asad Grahan pravartante Asuchi Vrataha. Filled with this insatiable desires, full of hypocrisy, pride and arrogance. Holding evil ideas through delusion, they work with impure results. That if your viewpoint is purely materialistic, in a sense that the life is nothing but to enjoy the pleasures. So we had in our Darsan sastra there is one Darsan called Charvak. Even though I have not much knowledge about Charvak philosophy, it is purely materialistic view that this life, Starts with your birth and will end at your death and in between whatever you enjoy is that your life. So now you have limited time, enjoy as best as you can because this is the only, only chance you have and it does not matter what was before, it will not matter after you die. You are gone, all your actions are brought down to zero because you are not there to face them. So this proverb which I heard about Charvak's philosophy is, "Runam kutva grutam pibet. You may incur debt, but enjoy drinking ghee. I think in olden days, drinking yeah. ghee used to be a big thing. You know yeah. that only the eat. wealthy people can drink ghee. Even if you have to incur debt, so you are not capable of basically buying ghee to no drink. I means to enjoy the pleasures, incur mean, debt but enjoy ghee. I means enjoy. The life process. This looks like an American way of living. Buy everything on credit. When we were in India, you can only think about buying a house or building a house when you have enough money to build your house. Well, here you have nothing. Zero. Five percent down. When I came to this country in 1982, in we bought first house. The requirement was we put five percent down. 95% loan. So when we are ready to sell the house, my house value has gone down about 30%. And I had put 5% down. So to sell house, I had to put 25% from my pocket to sell the house so that I can pay off the mortgage. So this is truly a rudam grutam So this is truly what is described here in the materialistic perspective of living. Now, in modern day, we can say, well, look at the materialistic world. They have progressed and we did not. But in the end, this will create disaster for all of us, for the world. So, we learnt in 2008, what does that do? Financial collapse. (inaudible) Kama masritya duspuram dambamanam adanvitaha muhat gruhitva asat grahan pravartante asuchi Filled with insatiable desire. The desires cannot be fulfilled. We know that more you try to fulfill desire, more desires will grow. So, desire by very nature is insatiable. By satisfying desires, you cannot bring an end to the desires. So, if you have a materialistic view, you are simply saying that I can only live my life happily if I can fulfill all my desires. To fulfill all my desires, then I have to have. Unlimited amount of wealth, and to that, then obviously, I have to do whatever is necessary. So therefore, it's full of hypocrisy. Then my behavior, hypocritical, pride and arrogance, and holding evil ideas through this delusion, because this wrong ideas that the goal of life is simply to enjoy the sense pleasures and whatever you do to achieve that. You don't have to give your account to anybody. There's nobody there to punish you or reward you other than yourself. They work with impure resolve. They work in this world very hard to satisfy their desires. They use their intellect. They use their powers, but with their unclean resolve. We hear that this migration occurs from Central American countries, because they don't have law and order. I was hearing news somewhere that one in ten people in that country are involved in some kind of a gang activity. And obviously those people are doing it for a reason. They may not have the means to support themselves through legal means, so they create illegal waste. So they are also working very hard. They have an organization which is always unclean resolve. And therefore Bhagavan said that they are creating the destruction of this world. So, with that, we'll stop here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sutina Sarve Santu Niramayah Sarve Bhadraani Pashyantu Ma Kaschiddukha Bhagbhavay Om Shantihi Shanti, Shanti, Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari yom.